Hi. Good morning. How are you? Hey, how are you? <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, no kidding. I don't know if you noticed, but I have tea and coffee. Nice. And water. Oh, I'm just coffee and water. I love you so much. Um, okay, so we've had some questions about like marriages and relationships and they haven't asked these questions necessarily, but we've talked about this a little bit in general. Um, about like, how do you uncouple yourself? How do you untangle yourself and separate yourself energetically from the people in your life that like the relationships are not working? We're mostly gonna be talking today about a partnership. I mean, we're married, so husbands, but a, a significant other type relationship, but this does apply to any relationship where, the stakes of your well-being and safety and security are wrapped into the other person. Um, I've been married for 16 years now. And the first 14 years were very messy, very, very entangled. And I came into the marriage with questions and doubts and hurt and baggage already from all of the things that my husband had done to me while we were dating and our wedding day. I mean, we almost didn't get married. <laughs> I mean, there was on the day we, I was late on the day because of all of the things that he had done to me during that time. And you pair that with three children, two deaths, his, his parents died. Interestingly enough, um, we almost divorced two times. The first time was after his father died, seven years into our marriage. Um, and we almost, I, I almost left him because he was hiding from me. He was lying to me. He was hiding financial things to me. I was taken off guard. He was very secretive. He didn't listen to me. He didn't know how to treat me. He didn't follow my rules. He didn't, you know, um, understand me. He came in with a lot of baggage. He acted like his dad. His dad had all of this stuff. I was in this constant push and pull between his dad and his brother and me. I was always negotiating for attention and he was always picking them over me. And then, you know, I was alone in the marriage and I was alone with my children and I was the one who was handling all of those things and I was begging him for specific attention and I wasn't getting it. And then we would have these conversations and I would tell him all of the things that he was doing wrong and all of the ways that he was failing me. And then he, and that I needed him to act this certain way so that I could feel better in the moment. And then we would slowly sort of build this thing back again and it would start over in this way. But then like the hiding and the lying would come pop up in a different way. So maybe we were talking about money openly, but then there was a, then it morphed into something else. And so after 14 years, our second round of seven, 
right when his mother died, all of the next round of secrets came to a head. It was, it was hiding alcohol. It was hiding, you know, drinking habits. It was hiding himself from me. And it was, um, me again, putting on the demands and saying, I can't have you treating me this way. And you need to stop doing these things and you need to participate this way. And, um, it was this constant cycle of having the same conversation of all of the ways that he was failing me by all of his behaviors that were based on him hiding or lying in some capacity. And I thought that I was communicating with him. I thought when I told my friends that, you know, he does all these things to me and you know, this is what is wrong with him. And this is why it's wrong with him. Cause it goes into his other family and his extended family. And he grew up this way. And, you know, here we are again in this, in this situation, 14 years later and everything, every single time was all about him. Yeah. It was about how he was wrong. What was wrong with him, what he was doing to me and what he needed to do differently. And it wasn't until the second almost separation that I finally began to look at myself and how I was participating in where I was 14 years later. Because just to the extent that he came into our marriage with his own past and with his own coping mechanisms and his own hiding and his own lying and his own family traits. So did I, but never once was I willing to admit, you know what the truth is? I came into this marriage terrified of men. I came into this marriage unwilling to be overpowered and ready for battle. I came into this marriage with a ton of shame, a massive fear of sexuality, a ton of fear of being out of control. I came in ready to manipulate, to make sure that I got what I wanted. I came protected. I came guarded and I came all the way to the extent that I felt that he was hiding and lying to me. I was hiding and lying to him, but I was also hiding and lying to myself. And what I did was I used him and the ways that he was doing the behaviors that I was unwilling to acknowledge within myself to distract myself from having to face me. And so when we begin to talk with our women about what it takes to be radically honest and take radical responsibility for where you are at in this moment and the choices that you have made or the choices that you have avoided making and left in somebody else's hands that have led you to this point, you have got to get really, really honest. And that is where you start. You think that you want a divorce. You think you want a separation. What you want is to be separate separated so that your worth and well-being and safety and security and all of the quality of the conditions of the life that you want to have are not held in that other person's outcomes. 
And it is only when you have untangled yourself and when you are begin to get honest of like, how did I participate in me getting to this spot here that you can even actually make a true decision from your knowing on whether or not you want to figure out how to have a relationship with this person or whether you want to separate to go your separate ways. Because if the only thing you ever do is move a physical location or leave the person and you don't address the underlying conditions within yourself, you cannot be a healthy, well-adjusted person who's living a quality of life, who chooses a partner who doesn't. You are a match for that person. You guys together have created something out of both of your own wounds, both of your own coping mechanisms, both of your own, you know, defenses. Like it is you and them. And it's until you are willing to admit to yourself that I am also part of the reason that I am here. And this isn't about like, in the beginning, you just want to blame everything on everyone else. And so it's not about like now turning the blame onto yourself. It's taking honest, an honest look at how you got to where you are. Yeah. As you're even saying that, I'm having all of these revelations in my mind about things that have happened in my marriage too. And my heart is pounding because I'm just like all of a sudden everything rearranged to this one thing that I've always been wondering about. And my heart is pounding out of my chest because I can see it so clearly right now. So I'll just say what it is. Um, so my husband and I have been married for, I think 19 years, 19 years. And um, we had a ton of stuff in the beginning of our marriage. We were fast and furious. We, we uh, started dating and got married within I think we got in, I think we decided we were going to marry each other six months into the relationship. And I, and we had our wedding a month later. So we were married like seven, around seven months into dating or eight, I don't know, somewhere in there. Well, before we have three children now, and before we had any kids, I had many, many miscarriages. Okay. So I had a miscarriage before him and I were together right before and we actually decided to get together right as I was recovering from that process. So I went into this relationship at like the lowest part of my point of my life. And I had a ton of hurt and a ton of baggage around that. And then um, him and I, the very beginning of our relationship and marriage um, tried, you know, didn't necessarily try to have kids, but I got pregnant again. And we ended up having two miscarriages before we could have any kids. And the things that are rearranging inside of my mind is like that truth and the responsibility of what you are doing and participating in the relationship. And as a woman, you are like setting the standard and the quality of like your experience continuously. And because I wasn't aware of that, and I didn't know what I was doing. I was so hurt and I had so many walls up going into our relationship from all the past stuff. Like I, just like you, I went into it carrying every single experience that had ever happened in my life from the time that I was, you know, a three-year-old till the time that I was like, Hey, let's go into a relationship. But you know, you have all this stuff. Well, I was super protective over myself and I was, it was really, really hard for me to like have a lot of emotion. And so I would always do that very privately. So when I miscarried both times with Chad, I, I would do the thing that would be like, 
not let anybody come into the room until I had like taken care of myself. And I didn't, I couldn't handle having like a lot of emotions and a lot of pain and a lot of hurt simultaneously with somebody else. So like I could be there if somebody else was in pain and hurting, but I didn't like it if I was in pain and hurting and having to do it. So I'd rather just make sure that I could take care of myself and then I can handle the other people. Okay, so the reason why I'm telling you this is because then later in our, so, well, I'll go back actually. So I would do this thing where I would be like, I'm okay, I'm fine, I'm dealt with it, it's okay, move on type stuff, you know? And I just kind of push all this stuff down over and over and over. And so when you said like, where are you lying in the relationship too? Like during those times, I really wasn't okay. But I did hope that he would just figure out how to make me feel okay. But I would constantly tell him that I was fine and that I would tell myself that I was fine, but like deep down I wasn't. But we would just like carry on and carry on. And then we would go through the experience again. And you know, I'd be like, no, I'm the dumb one to ever believe that I could even have a baby. So whatever, I just get more pain and more hurt, but then I'd be like, it's fine. I actually don't even want to have kids anymore. And I just would like continue the lie to try to even trick myself out of the pain. But in doing that and sharing those with him, he had no choice but to like either believe what I was saying or be like super confused because he's like, she's saying this one thing, but it feels this other way, but I'm still hurt, but maybe I shouldn't be hurt anymore because she's not. So maybe I don't really, he didn't really know how to do anything with me because I was so like push, pull, confusing. Don't try to help me. Don't try to help me. Don't try to help me. And please don't show me that you're hurt because I'm not, I don't want to be hurt anymore. So let's just move on. Okay. So fast forward, we had lots of years of struggle. Five years after our last miscarriage, we ended up having our first child. And since that time we had three. And so that was amazing to be able to have kids. It was, it was a surprise when we, had, we were able to have our first one. It was extremely scary because we had lost so many babies before. And um, with that being so scary, the things that were like rearranging in my mind is every time we had a baby, we went through the worst parts of our marriage. Like it was like everything we ever wanted, but then it would be like, we would, both be acting out in crazy ways like we had so much struggle during those times where like Chad would just like have I don't know like out of control feelings and and he would escape and be like with his friends a lot or he would I always just felt like I didn't I was left by myself the, the, it doesn't matter how it played out because I was I was at a major fault but in my mind during those times I was like how come every time when I need him the most he just is gone like why this is what's rearranging in my brain as you're talking and I have like tears in my eyes because I'm like oh my god it makes so much sense like we went through it three times in a row and I trained him and te taught him to like when I need you the most stay the hell away from me okay stay the hell away from me and then it's like all these times come up later in life and I'm like why would I need him the most is he gone but he had no he had he had no idea how to be close to me in those times because I was lying the whole time saying, whatever you do, stay away from me because I'm fine and I have it. And then it was like, he had no choice, but in those other times to 
act in that way too, because the system that we set up was so confusing and it was based all on lies of how we were truly feeling. And so it played out so fucked up. Yeah. And now, like, as you said that, I'm like, oh my God, it didn't make sense because I know his heart and I know mine. And so I'm like, it doesn't make sense when we're both so like should be so happy and have the things that we've been dreaming of during that time why does it play out so weird but then and 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 you know there was good times too but like you just as a person as in the human code and as a woman and all these things you're like collecting and you can only see some of those things and, and they're confusing but it never made sense to me that in how come in the best times people spin out or we would spin out and make them be the worst times simultaneously with the best times it's just the most contradicting and confusing energies and feelings and relationship qualities but as you were saying that I'm like oh my god that makes so much sense because we've done so much work I mean like same with you it's been however many years of really great, but also super chaotic and super terrible, all mixed into the same thing and being like, I know we have the potential to be this great. So why do we play it out like this sometime? It doesn't make times, it doesn't make sense to me, which was so conflicting. Um, and I've been able to see so many places of where I have hidden and expected somebody to know what it is I want when they've asked me and I've lied to them and told them something else and then hoped secretly that they would know anyways. And I could see that in a lot of this past, you know, the, these last few years of really clearly, but wow, that really rearranged. And that that's how we started our relationship. I mean, we before we were even married and we got married in seven months or nine months, we went through a lot of that stuff right in the beginning. So then we took all the stuff from before and then all of that and then tried to be close for the last 19 years based on the, the setup of that system of like hiding and not being truthful and not being trustworthy because there's no actual real vulnerability it's just all like out of protection and then everyone loves each other and they're trying to do the best they can but everybody's so confused the whole time because there's nothing to actually grab onto yeah and then it's very interesting because in my own experience and in your experience and with most of the women that we we work with you know there's like well, well there's no trust <laughs> of your partner in your partner because there is no trust within yourself but the things that cause the most discord is this feeling of either lying or hiding the lie they're either lying to me or they're hiding something and um i knew that i was lying about like I, that I was lying and hiding, but I really, really didn't know the extent to which I was doing that. Yeah. And um, the unwillingness to be honest about even just to say like, I actually need you right now. Right. 
And to say, I'm fine when inside I'm praying that he'll figure out that I need him and that he will do the thing that I do to him, which is not believe him and accuse him or like, so I don't believe him and I accuse him of being dishonest and I keep searching for the real truth because I'm hoping somewhere inside that he will do this to me, that he will say, actually, I don't believe you that you're okay. I actually don't believe you. I think you're actually not okay. And so I'm going to provide this thing for you that you're lying to me about because you actually do need me. Like the extent to which I was like participating in this behavior, thinking that I was doing one thing, but really hoping that he would do that back to me in some way, shape or form. Like he could override and know that I was lying and somehow figure out what to actually provide for me in that moment. I mean, I, I literally just told him this yesterday when I had this revelation to this further extent of like, I knew I wasn't showing up as myself and I knew I wasn't being honest, but in the moments that I wanted him with me or the, in the moments that I felt the most alone. I actually did want you that whole time, Nick. Like I actually was begging for you to know what I needed. And I just did not have the courage to tell you the truth at that moment. And so for 14 years, I've been accusing you of lying to me in some way, shape or form. And I have been doing it too. Like everything that you have done to me, I have been doing to you and then twisting it around and blaming you for it. And actually like, I am so sorry that I couldn't say what I needed to say and that I couldn't become like, that I didn't have the courage to actually let my guard down long enough to just be honest. And so many women feel so alone in their relationship and they are because they don't, they, they just don't know how to take the risk of actually saying, I need somebody, I need you right now, or I want you to comfort me, or I want to not be in this alone. I want to be include, I want you to be included in my heart and my life and my thoughts, but we are raised and taught and we come with our own baggage. And it, it is that we are to be on our own, that we are to be able to suck it up and, and take care of ourselves and to provide for ourselves in all the ways. And that if we need somebody else, then we're weak or that we could get duped or we could get hurt or we could be stupid enough to believe that somebody could actually have our back in a moment. And so we keep ourselves separate from our partner and then we blame it on them. And then when you think that you're going into a conversation of being like, this is what I need, it's coming in filtered through that whole system of falsehood and lies. So it comes out. It's not even what you true. It's like one degree off of what you truly need. It's like the things you still need out of protection, not like bearing your soul of vulnerability. 
Yeah, it's the bearing, it's it's the regurgitating and the rehashing the details of the outcomes that the other person did to you that you think made you feel that way. Women think that they're communicating by just like rehashing the past of like, you did this to me and then I needed you and you weren't there for me and you didn't know. And why did you do this? And why did you say this? But what they're actually, where the deepest source of pain comes in those moments is not really the moments that happen. It's not, it's not what, it's not the moment of sitting in that hospital room necessarily. It's everything that, that, that meant it meant that you were on your own. It meant that he didn't understand you. It meant that he didn't know how to support you. It, it meant that you had to take care of yourself and him. It meant that he was weak. It meant that you were weak. It meant that, you know, that is where the source of the pain comes in. And I was creating that because he was standing on the other side of the door. He wasn't even not there Mm -hmm. or he was in the room. I was in my own hell creating those things. Like it wasn't even the actual reality. He was willing and ready and desperate to provide that for me. But I'm the one who decided that that was not going to be what happened. Yeah. So strange. I mean, women go into their marriages being like, I ain't giving up anything here, people. Just, just so you know. Oh my God, I went into mine. Fast and furious also with the understanding that he knew and then I knew that I knew that I was never going to get married and that I was compromising basically doing this like I had already decided I wasn't going to get married just so you know but I'm also going to marry you like what the hell I'm so confusing (laughs) we're going to keep a lot of things separate here I'm going to keep I'm going to make sure I keep my money separate because I'm going to I'm going to need an exit plan no matter what I ain't going all into anything with you because I can't trust you. (laughs) And because I am not giving up any source of this external power struggle. And I'm not going to let you, you know, be the source of anything for me. And at simultaneously at the same time, constantly obsessed with everything they're doing, because it's all run through a system of powerlessness already. And so in one, on one hand, you're like in total fight mode, like, I'm not going to lose this power struggle. And then at the same time, you're completely powerless because you're owned by every single thing that they do and they don't do and how it adds up into your own like safety and worth. If he cared about me, he would do blah, 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 blah. If he loved me, he would know I needed blah, 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 blah. If he, if then, if then, if then, if then, if I were him, I would be doing X, Y, and Z. If I were him, I would know that this is how you treat somebody. If I were him, I would be apologizing. If I were him, I would be doing X, Y, and Z. And it's, it's like, how the fuck is he supposed to know what it is that you actually want? And why is it that you are then unwilling to participate in the experience the way you know that you want to act? Yeah, that was the biggest shift for me in this last like couple of years that we've been doing this, you know, really getting into it in this last year, really digging in is being like, oh, it is up to me when I'm sitting there desperate feeling and wishing that this was a different situation. I'm the answer to my question. I, I do that for me, not, not to change our conversation or not to change our, um, 
relationship, it's like to change the relationship inside of myself and decide not to wonder or hope somebody's going to provide it for me. I have to show up and speak the words that are as if I am bearing my soul or vulnerable or humble myself in the way of like, I see why you were acting this way. This is what I was doing in this. And I mean, we just had this last weekend where I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize it. We had come to this head of a couple of things. And I'm like, this is different because we haven't had these really been in this place for a long time. And, and now when we are, it feels really intense because we can feel everything. And, and we used to be in a heightened state of eh, eh, around each other, but we're not anymore. So it always feels like something's happening if, if our emotions are getting worked up in that way. And after conversations, we got to this place where suddenly the pieces went in and rearranged inside of myself where I could see the beforehand work that I had started a couple of weeks ago and I didn't realize I was doing of manipulating and trying to put conditions and control and make these little moves over here and make these little moves over here in hopes to avoid a disaster between the two of us later because I could recognize feelings and inside of my body when when the feelings are agitated then my brain wants to go like oh no maybe we're going down this one road oh this my brain will will get a sensation or, you know get triggered from my sensations in my body and it wants to make sense of the feelings and so it'll tell me stories like oh we've been down here I wonder if he's gonna, I wonder if he's stressed out. I wonder if, you know, I know how this goes. And I'll like weirdly start being like, make sure this has the perfect conditions over here and the perfect conditions over here. But energetically, he can sense my manipulation and control, even though I don't even really realize I'm doing it. And it constantly brings us to this head because you can't be entangled with each other in the way that, you can't be entangled with each other, period. And every time I try to entangle and insert myself and try to move him and direct him in these really, really subtle, subtle ways, I don't even know what I'm doing of myself, but they're coming from that protection. And, and then I can always see what happens. So then I was like, oh my gosh, Chad, as you're saying that, I actually did three weeks ago, thought, hey, what if we just both gave up? drinking or hey what if we both whatever oh hey what if we both but and I think I'm doing it as like this new standard out of myself but what's really happening in that time because it was being filtered through making sure that I'm still protected and I don't get duped and you know think it's one thing and not the other thing and and my biggest thing was like um no one's gonna like pull one over me and like, I'm, I'm not gonna be this stupid again. I'm not gonna be this stupid again. Like, I'm not gonna be that stupid again. That was like my main vibration for my whole time. Um, I will start doing this thing and, and I don't even know it, but it's awesome because in our relationship now we can get to these places where we can talk about it. And it doesn't mean that it's mess, not messy sometimes, but we can get back to the place of being like, okay, this makes sense. I was doing this, you were doing this. No wonder why we got back to that place. Okay, oh, okay, now we know, you know? And and we have a super, it's, it's been a work in progress, of course, because life is, and you're constantly getting pushed to your next edge and you're constantly like becoming like 
which we were talking before, like more naked and more naked and more naked, more vulnerable, more exposed, but you don't do it for somebody else. You do it because you're like, oh, I see what I was doing. I see when I do this, this is what happens. This makes sense. It takes that like, I'm this innocent bystander out of your life when you realize you have a hand in every single thing. And yes, it feels like shit sometimes, but like, shit, why do I do that? But at the same time, it's like, okay, if I can do that, I can also do something else. It's, it's, you get that, the actual control you're looking for. You think it's like, if you control your partner or you control these moving parts, then you'll be satisfied or you'll avoid it. But really the control you're looking for is like, what was my part in this? And what is my part in this? And it makes sense. And I feel like all other modalities tell you like, okay, it makes sense of why I'm behaving in this way, but you don't really ever know how to stop the manipulation and control of the survival state of yourself. You're just constantly trying to move parts around and put conditions up and boundaries, but it's just outside of yourself. So you never end up ending those cycles ever. You think that like, just that you're like being honest just by telling them all the things that they do wrong. Yeah. But, and that that's communicating. And every time somebody comes to us, whether it's their partner, their parent, their child, their coworker, they just talk incessantly about what the other person is doing and how the other person led to where they are right now. They, it doesn't even occur to them to think about like their own role in it or where they are in regard to themselves like and then they say that they have been communicating with their partner for years telling somebody else what they're doing wrong and how they need to change in order for you to feel better inside yeah. or your other option is is to leave them so you can feel better inside is not communicating communication starts with you talking about yourself like i'm actually feeling incredibly alone. I don't know how to actually fix this. There are things I want you to know about me and I'm afraid to say them. I actually have a major wall up here. I like true communication starts by you telling yourself and your partner the actual truth about what's going on with you. Like to expose yourself to yourself and to take the time to actually honestly look, to humble yourself. People think to humble yourself is to make yourself less than somebody else. To humble yourself is to actually tell yourself the truth of what's going on inside yourself and inside your heart. And it's truly the only place that you can start working on a relationship. I want to find somebody that's going to make me happy. Nobody is going to make you happy until you start within yourself. Everything has to start between you and you. And it starts with you telling yourself the truth. Like if you're in a relationship for 14 years, it feels like it's always about lying and hiding. Where are you lying and hiding? Where am I lying and hiding? 
Where am I unwilling to participate? Where do I feel alone? And when do I not show up in that moment to not be alone? And where am I looking for proof that I am alone? Like there are um, relationships are built on 1 million misunderstandings and assumptions and associations and meaning that has been created by a woman typically who makes it mean something that it isn't because they don't take anything at face value and they don't say anything at face value where a man is much more likely to believe what is spoken to them and and not be like digging in for the meaning and the context behind it like the words that they say are usually the words that they mean and because a woman never actually means anything she says she assumes that a, a man also doesn't and so we've had some people asking about like, okay, I feel like my relationship is going to end, or I feel like I can't stay here anymore and I need to move on and I don't know what to do. And you may need to, but from the place of just the external conditions, there's, there's really no, until you can start looking at like how, what was my role in this experience and how did I get here between me and me? Um, I really at the end of the day, the second time around, you know, 14 years into it, when I finally was willing to be like, I didn't realize all the ways I was contributing to this chaos because I was so focused on your responsibility in it and feeling powerless in these moments of like, it's all you and you're doing this to me. And when I realized that I was as responsible, that it took both of us being who we were at every moment to, to get to this spot, that, thank you. That, no, okay, thank you. Um, that I had a lot of work to do between me and me before I could even make a clear headed decision on what needed to be done. And if my biggest issue, which it was, was trusting someone else, my husband at the time, I didn't even realize the extent to which I didn't trust myself because it was like, I, I didn't even, I was so far away from my own self that like, I couldn't even see that. You know how sometimes you can't even like think of the word because it feels so far away from where your context is or whatever. So like to even try to imagine that the, the thing that I was going to do was try to trust myself. It was like, it didn't even occur to me that that was part of the problem at that point. Yeah, totally. But I knew that if I wanted something different, that I was going to have to participate differently. And what I really did want was to be able to trust my husband and not constantly be looking for the place that I was getting lied to and duped, like waiting for, to prove myself right. Yeah. And so I was going to drop everything that had happened so far and provide both of us with a clean slate. And what that did was it provided the conditions for me to every time I would go, want to go to a place of being untrusting or blaming or whatever, I would have to turn inward on myself and look about, look at what was actually going on inside me. They wanted to project what was going on inside of me onto somebody else. And I began to take the risk of exposing myself 
and exposing all of the pain and the conditions and the wonky thoughts and the lies that I had been living out and all the baggage that I had brought and everything that had created all the programming that had created the quality of the relationship that I was in right now. And I had to begin to face those moments and survive and resurrect myself moment by moment, by moment, by moment, by moment in these, in, in these experiences until I was fully exposed to myself. And in the process of doing that over the past year, what it has done in my relationship that I couldn't even see at the time, I'm just starting to look back and be like, okay, I can start to see what's happening here because we've said this before, you experience first and you understand second, you like participate, you choose these moments and then you see in the bigger picture how it's unfolding as it goes on. The truth of the matter was I didn't care if participating in the relationship this way um, resulted in us staying together. I wasn't acting a certain way to stay together or to not stay together. What I was doing was experiencing myself and exposing all of the places that I, that I was hiding and that I was lying, whether or not he was hiding or lying. I, I actually took his like experience of our marriage out of the equation and, and focused in on myself. And what he did was provide me a way to show up for myself, regardless of how he was showing up for me. And it did begin to naturally change because when I naturally changed how I trusted myself and naturally changed how I trusted him, he was able to show up in our marriage in a different way. And what happened was, and what is happening is, is that I'm showing myself that I am trustworthy and that I actually have a massive capacity to have my own back and that nothing actually can happen to me, even in a, even in a relationship with somebody else that is beyond my decision of impact. And in doing that, in being able to resurrect myself and to be able to be unshakable in my knowing, then I also get to choose to be incredibly vulnerable and incredibly intimate and incredibly honest because there's nothing to lose and there's nothing to protect and there's nothing to hide because no one really has the power to impact me, which means that there's no conditions that have to be met in order to maintain the quality of relationship that I want. And what has happened now is I have practiced this with myself long enough and become trustworthy to myself and truly trustworthy to him because he can actually count on my word now because I do mean what I say and I say what I mean. And when I never did before, he was always confused. He didn't know. And in me being trustworthy to myself and being trustworthy to him, now he is going through this experience of exposing himself to himself with me there. And it is leading us to this place where we're both naked and we're both fully exposed and we both have in our full power internal power connected to ourselves, the ability to experience ourselves and each other in these truly intimate, honest, raw, alive moments. Like our relationship isn't perfect by any means. It's not about behaving certain ways so that it appears to be like 
perfect non-emotional, no turmoil relationship, but what it is becoming is a genuine, honest, raw, rich, full experience with each other of all of the things. Yeah, it's wild. But it truly took me being willing to participate in it outside. You know, the other thing that people always, that women always say is like, okay, I've given him enough ultimatums now that he's finally going to do something about it. But now I'm already out because it's too little, too late. Like, I'm not going to now give him the satisfaction after all of the nagging and all of the bagging and all of the asking that, that it's too little too late. And so I'm not going to give him, I'm not going to give in. He's finally willing to do the work. I'm telling you, you're the one that needs to do the work first. You are the one with the most content. You're the one with the most meaning. You're the one with the most stakes. You're the one as the feminine that actually sets the tone of the quality of your relationship. The man and the masculine can provide, will provide the quality of the relationship that you decide or that you, un, you know, you might be deciding this unconsciously or consciously. And if they cannot, they will go away if they won't rise to your standard, but they are not the one that needs the most work. It's actually you. Yep. It's so true. And like all the feelings that you're feeling about that other person, all of these sentences that are going around in your mind about how, you know, you're all alone or doesn't understand you or whatever it is, it doesn't matter all the things that he's done to you. It, you have to flip the perspective and realize that these are and decode these things and realize that you've been saying they're hidden in plain sight. You've been saying all the things that you actually are doing, which is creating that experience. And we're not saying that, yes, you have to stay together with whoever you're with. There are, there's a million different things, but you have to become truly intimate. You're longing for the intimacy. You have to become truly intimate of what you truly are doing and where you are compromising, experiencing what you came here to experience. Like you didn't come here to experience being guarded and hidden and alone. Like you, you want the fullness of life, but you have to find all of the places where it's holding you hostage that you're not able to get there. In, and you create that for yourself. And it is by bearing your soul to yourself. And we've been doing this. I mean, we, we know this is the, the truth. It is. Like, we have a lot of content and a lot of baggage. We had that. And it is unraveling and it's completely different experiences. Once, one that I sat for... 17 years and convinced and told myself that it was not possible for me. And now I'm experiencing everything that I didn't even know I wanted. Right. And I thought I didn't have a person that I could count on and bear my soul to, and that he would think this thing of me, but I was willing to find out anyways. And the truth is I, he was right there waiting the whole time, but we convince ourselves that somebody wouldn't understand or know. Mm-hmm. 
but we have this, you know, when you're running on default, you have all of this content and baggage and just a ton of shit that all of your experiences get filtered through. So even if it is right there, you cannot see it. Your work is to learn how to uncouple that and decide to find the gold in those places inside of yourself and not let that run on default anymore because most likely it's just like what I had standing right on the other side of the door, just wishing that I, I would open it. And when you run the relationship through the programming and the context is like, I'm alone and I got to protect myself and I got to be guarded. And he always hurts me and I'm always let down. And you know, why don't, you get me? Why don't you know me? Why don't you understand me? And it's like, well, you're not willing to be known or understood or any of those things. Even in the good times, there's a part of you that is just waiting for the other shoe to drop. And the memories of the good times are still weirdly filtered through the pain of the chaos and the hard times and the alone times. And so even the gold in those moments you dismiss and um, is it invalidate? Is that the word? You don't val invalid, invalidate? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Makes sense. Over you dismiss the good times over the validity of the bad times. Which again, is making what doesn't matter, matter the most. Dismissing the things that actually do matter. Because there were hundreds of good days. There were hundreds of moments that, you know, that were especially compared to most of the people we knew that had a marriage, you know, but the power always went to the depths of the patterns yeah. and the being taken off guards and the, those sorts of things. It was like, even looking back, it was filtered through the system of like hurt and pain. And so even those good memories were like tainted in some sort of way, turned to shit through the lens of the programming. Yeah, or else I do this thing or everybody does this thing where then they decide like, oh, that's where I was tricked. There was a good time, but then like later there's a bad time. <laughs> that be actually the good time probably wasn't even true. Like I was even being like led astray there. You, yeah. It's this constant mind game of searching for the proof that you, you know, don't have what it is that you thought you had. Yeah. How dare I let myself believe that actually was a good time. I should have known better. I mean, I, I let my guard down enough to have like some fun and some connection. I knew that that was a bad idea. <laughs> Cut two. Here we are again. You've disappointed me. And you didn't know how to override what I told you was the truth to provide what it is that you don't know that I need because I never have fucking told you one time actually. Yeah. How dare I let myself be so taken off guard by this moment? It's actually really, really wild. And if you can get past your own like 
drama of like how personal you feel about these experiences that are running. And you can start to look at it as like, this is the programming of millennia for like the dynamic between a man and a woman and see that like, this is playing out in a larger scale and not feel like it's so damn personal to you. You can start to be like, holy shit. Okay. I can see now why 50% of marriages end in divorce. I can see now why women would rather be alone. I can see like, I'm already alone. So why do I need you here? I already have to do everything on my own. So why do I need you here? Like it, it starts to the programming and the, the way that women are taught to behave in relationships and in life, it, it's pretty obvious why relationships don't work anymore. And why it always feels like there's something missing or you have to put it an even bigger wall and guard up then. Right. But it's just not, it's, the truth is, is even if you convinced yourself that you're the best alone or that you, whatever isn't for you, there's a part of you that you know is just still not, doesn't feel complete in the experience. Yeah. We were talking about this before we got on here. Um, when I started to have like the desire started to come into my awareness to have like a true partnership with, with Nick. Like I, I, I was tired. I guess I was bored with the like self-preservation and the power struggle and all of those things. And I mean, I, I remember asking you like, are you going to be mad at me if I'm like not keeping Nick on the hook anymore? Like if I stop like hating men, is that going to be okay with you? Or like, if, if we're not like all in this together or like if I don't want to be a fucking feminist anymore because honestly this is so exhausting to just have to like power through like I just really actually want like a soft place to land and to be able to not have to be so damn strong and so whatever all the time like is that going to be okay with you because I really don't know if I can do this anymore. And I actually am craving this connection with Nick that is like honest and open and unguarded. And I wanna see what this could be if I actually let myself experience it all the way, if I was willing to take the risk enough. And I'm not kidding, it was scary. There's moments it's still scary. There are moments that the programming amps up and everything in my system is like, walk away, run away, hide. Don't say that. Shut down. Don't do that. Like there, there are moments that this amps up and I have to just take a damn deep breath and do it anyway, over and over and over again. And every time we decide to go onto our next edge, some people call it like an up level, like they're like going to go on their up level. I call it the next edge because to me, it feels more like jumping off the next cliff blind with the potential to crash and burn very quickly than it is about going anywhere upward. It's like a straight edge cliff and all of the things, all of the programming that has been wired and operating a certain way, it, it amps up. We were just talking about this, doing this course and creating this group and bringing ourselves to our next edge in this conversation with ourselves and with you guys watching it. The last couple of weeks, all hell is broken loose. 
literally. I mean, we are in the process of creating heaven on earth for ourselves. And every time we make a move towards that, to live it out in our lives, the hell in our system that we have experienced and that we have been holding onto breaks loose. And you have to decide what it means, that it means that it is leaving your system, that it means that this this operation, this conversation, this memory, these things don't go together anymore. And so they have no choice but to leave because I'm not ever going backwards and I'm not ever staying where I am right now. And I want to experience the richness of what my life has to offer. And so it just is part of the experience. But we seem to always be leading ourselves and each other to the next edge. And that's where life gets really fun. Exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either, but I'm glad we had this conversation because things even rearranged in me further. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Every day, you just don't think that there could be more truth and it just continuously like, like the blinders are lifted and the blinders are lifted and, and, and they are. And people think like when these things come up in your mind that you've gone somewhere backwards, but it's just like you have a mil millions of experiences that are programming your reality right now in this moment. And when you change that reality, those things cannot survive inside of you. And so they have no choice except like what Randy said, all hell breaks loose. They have no choice but to rile up and come out and people decide that it means that they still have things, you know, they're back into a certain place and that they didn't get over this one thing and whatever. But what it means is like, wow, here's this other spot that that programming was connected to that can no longer survive in my energy and in my programming and in my body. This is amazing that I'm having these memories. No wonder, oh my God, it was there, it was there, it was there. I thought it was all the way gone. It was even in there, jeez, it's nuts. It's awesome. It is awesome. It is awesome. It's so much better than sitting and swirling in your head of all the terrible things that have ever happened to you and why you can't do anything about it. Yeah. You would, if you could, or if somebody did it for you, or if somebody understood you. You just have to understand yourself. Yeah. All right, I don't know. I, yeah. If there's anybody that wants to say anything. Lisa, that's beautiful. The, it's interesting what I'm seeing with Nick and myself, I'm so curious to where it's going because it really is this wild, like, yeah. I don't know, unimaginable place. I, I, yeah, I don't have a lot of words for it. I'm, I'm seeing it like I'm watching it unfold. It'll be fun to see where it goes, but yeah. It's everything that I always wanted and had no idea how to experience. And so I constantly tried to change the external circumstances to, to make it match up to that feeling. And it just never did. 
And I don't know exactly the details, like I'm still sorting it out in my mind, like looking it backwards, but there is something about the woman going first yep. that is required in the unraveling of this dynamic between men and women. And the only thing that women want to do is make the men do it. Or, yeah, you make the men do it or you like gather the information and then try to give it to the man so he can hold it so then you can believe it too. <laughs> right, exactly. You just have to do it first. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right. Okay. Well, I guess until next time, if anyone has any questions, drop them in.